Your financial mission, should you choose to accept it, is to achieve financial clarity. New Intel suggests that bad financial actors are constantly filling the landscape with misinformation and other barriers and obstacles, leaving you with limited time to make the right choices for a successful financial future. To make things easier, we've chosen your team for you. Financial Commander Janine Theus will help lead you to success. As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. It's time for your financial mission. Once again, great podcast on the way today. Walter Storholt here alongside Janine Theus. Hey, Janine, what's on it going on in your world? Hey, Walter, we're doing great here. It's uh, We're in the middle of um, what we call the Maryland suck. <laughs> it's, did, you, did you say the Maryland suck? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's very hot and very humid. <laughs> Even the pool feels like bathwater. So. Oh, yes, yes. You know, I bought a uh, this summer a waterproof e-reader specifically for the pool because I kept getting in the pool and going, I just want to float and read. Like, what? <laughs> I'm not a big reader. I mean, I love reading. Don't get me wrong. It's just I can't hold my attention. I fall asleep when I start reading in most settings. But for some reason, every time I get in the pool, I just want to read a book. I don't know why it is, but I'm like, I'm in the mood to read. But you're in the pool, so what are you going to do? Because, like, I've got my phone. I can kind of read books on my phone, but I don't want to hover that thing over (laughs) the deep end of the pool while I'm floating around. Yeah, And and I'm not a paper book (laughs) reader, so I bought a waterproof e-reader. I didn't and, know they had uh, one. Yeah. Apparently, you can drop it in the water, and it's supposed to survive. So oh. we'll see. I haven't dropped <laughs> have it yet. Report but on I'm that. <laughs> sh- I am sure on a future podcast, maybe next summer, you're going to hear a story about me falling into the pool with the e-reader and it not being actually waterproof. Probably. <laughs> in any event, yes, hot and humid, so try and find water if you can. But you know that part of the year when it's even too hot, that's a depressing moment. <laughs> when well, you, you know, and we actually had, I was telling my husband, we actually had, I usually swim with a group of guys in the morning, early morning, and we had an inversion happen, a temperature inversion. When we got there, the temperature of the water was warmer than the air. Hmm. So it felt like bathwater. It was like, oh gosh, this is going to be awful. Ugh. About halfway through the workout, it inverted so that the temperature of the water was cooler than the outside. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and it was very noticeable, I mean, right away. And I'm laughing. I go, oh, hey, now I can swim. <laughs> it's the <Yeah>. same temperature. <laughs> but the difference, you know, the comparison between the water and the air was a pretty remarkable change. Yeah. Well, here's a, a little tidbit. If you ever go down to Florida to vacation in the summer and the place that you're going to has a pool or you're making it like mandatory, it's got to have a pool, it's not worth it because unless it's a deep pool because then it probably can stay cool enough. But we went and stayed at a place in Florida one year and we were like, oh, it's got a pool. This is going to be great. And I think this was in late July, early August timeframe. And oh my gosh, it was such a shallow pool and you know, it was a relatively small bean shaped one. Yeah. It was amazing how hot that thing heated up to. Oh gosh. (laughs) It was so warm. You have to go take a cold shower afterwards. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Now, at night, it was pleasant. But during the day, it was hotter in the pool. Like, you were sweating in the pool. It was just too much. Just too much. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. In any event, thanks for sharing that with us. And uh, at least we get to record today's show in the air conditioning. And the air conditioning is working. That's a good thing. (laughs) 
Well, nothing will make you do something with a sense of urgency other than being super hot or super cold, right? You're, you're too hot, right. you go jump in that pool. You're too cold, you can go find a something nice and warm to run to. And it should be, you should have some triggers that do the same thing for you in the financial world. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Why you should plan for retirement with a sense of urgency and not be like me, not be a perpetual procrastinator in everything that you do. We're going to tell you some of the reasons why that might be, but we're really going to cover some of the scenarios that do cause people to have some sense of urgency, Janine. And these are important, but what we're going to really try and drive home today is don't wait for these things to happen in your life. Take action now so that you don't have to be forced into that sense of urgency. First thing is loss of a job happens all the time. It's a big life-changing event, especially to somebody that's close to retirement. That's a very big issue. And it actually happened to one of my clients. The poor guy was on health leave last year because he'd had knee sur- a knee replacement surgery. And then his knee was rather frozen. Long story short, they did some manipulation. It didn't work. He was in a lot of pain. His knee wasn't healing. So that was in the early part of the year, like March. And then all of a sudden he has to have it redone in the fall. So by the time this spring comes around, he's been out of work for a year, even though he's been on disability. Well, you know, he was eventually let go, which he understood was going to happen because he couldn't get back to his normal job. But that changes, depending on your age, that changes your entire plan. And if you're young, let's just say 60, give or take a couple years, and you had planned to work until 66, let's say, that difference of four to six years is pretty important when it comes to income loss. Because now you're going to be, now he might be on disability for a little longer, but it's not the same as having a full income. So can you do that? Do you understand what your numbers are that would allow you to live in some kind of comfort without having to dip into savings? When you look at the statistics across the country, people have not saved enough to be able to do that. So if you have a loss of a job, and a lot of people found this out in 2008 when the market crashed, that loss of a job was very significant and people were tapping into their 401ks because they didn't have any other bucket of money as a cushion. So planning for not even just retirement, but for life and life events is critically important to help you avoid you know, some financial disaster in the mm. near or far term. Yeah. One of those things that happens that just kind of jolts where you are in your financial life, and it's going to cause you to plan with some urgency, no doubt about it, that loss of a job. Something else that'll happen too, kind of in that same vein, I guess, Janine, but a little bit different. How is it different when somebody receives an early retirement buyout offer from their company? Is this something that you see from time to time? Well, occasionally, you know, you hear about these in the news sometimes that, you know, where a company is going to buy out X amount of employees. Recently, that's not really the case because we have a million more jobs and we have applicants, you know, in the current economy, which is phenomenal. But an early retirement buyout, it's going to depend on the size of the buyout and how old you are. If you're 50 and you're getting an early retirement buyout and it's really one year's worth of income, if you're lucky, you know, you still have to work. And so that will change your entire plan. It is basically like a loss of job but you've got a little bit of a cushion, immediate cushion, so that you can go out and find another job. But people need to plan for that because the consequences of not planning for that is one, the emotional stress can cause significant family stress. (laughs) So 
that just adds to the pile of issues you're trying to deal with when you're trying to now look for a job. Pretty interesting to kind of think about the different decisions somebody's going to have to go into there. They might not have been planning to retire for a while, and then this offer comes through, and you got to kind of change your whole mindset all of a sudden. And that can be hard for sometimes people to deal with that sudden change that's unexpected. Well, and especially if you're in your early 60s, I mean, I don't care what people say, there is an age discrimination. Oh, when sure. You're in your, you know, because you're the corporate knowledge or you've been working for a long time and people don't want to hire you in at the rate that you're leaving, you know, this current position. So you should always be looking for opportunities, even if you're pretty comfortable in the current job, because what would happen if, um, and most people don't do that. It's just not even in their mindset. And so when it happens, or if it happens, it's a pretty shocking event. That's like when we talk about retiring to something else. might not Mm -hmm. be a bad idea to already be thinking about those things in case you get pushed in that direction one day. You have a game plan already in place. Something else that causes people, it doesn't have to be a sudden event, Janine, but maybe they have been a procrastinator. And all of a sudden they get this sense of urgency that overcomes them because, oops, I kind of picked, you know, December of 2019 to be my retirement date. And here I am only a few moments away from that. I better start making some choices. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, it's really (laughs) so here's the here's the challenge with that one. If you call an advisor, because this actually happened to me by somebody who worked in the government and I'm retiring next week. Okay. Do you realize there are several decisions you have to make with regard to your government pension? And they'll tell you, OPM will tell you, you need, you know, to be planning this 90 days or more, you know, in front of your retirement date. What do you do if somebody does come to you and they're retiring, wanting to retire that fast or the date truly is approaching that fast? Do you just accelerate the plan? This one particular person that did that, I basically said, I can't help you because they literally wanted to meet that week or the next week. And I said, there is nothing I can do for you that you shouldn't be doing already for yourself with regard to your retirement, because you need to find out all these numbers from OPM, which is the Office of Personnel Management, which is very slow in giving information. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, the person wanted to meet immediately. And I said, well, it doesn't work like that. So I ended up not taking them on as clients. But typically, you know, you need to be planning for your retirement at least a year out mm-hmm. so you can get all your ducks in a row. Yep. That's a great point, Janine. And so if you are truly against, it sounds like your advice would be if somebody walked in and said, I need to plan for retirement. It's in a week. Your only real suggestion would be you should rethink that plan and keep working for a little longer until you can truly put the screws to a financial plan. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Because cool. you, if you don't know what your numbers are, you have no idea what you're going to be living on. If, and some people do that. They wait. Oh, I, I don't know what a budget is. Well, maybe you should run one. <laughs> Yeah, because how do you know you can retire? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, I want to retire. Well, okay, but can you? Should you? Right. You know, you don't know until you run the numbers. And uh, you still simplify the planning process, but that doesn't mean it can be effectively done in a week. There's still it's more about the conversations that need to be had and some of the questions that need to be answered might not be able to be answered in such a short period of time. That's right. And I actually had one client say, wow, this has been, you know, and we it was over several, probably three different meetings anyway. And she said, I would never have thought of these things. I go, well, that's the value of an advisor is to kind of put things in perspective and to give you some ideas about what you should think about or consider. And, you know, so they went back and put together a little more, had more conversation really about what they wanted to have happen. So it's just not, you know, if you're waiting till the last minute, 
it's kind of like we used to have a saying, if you want it bad, you're going to get it bad. Hmm. <laughs> so you really should that, give some was it, thought. Was that a military, was that a military saying? Oh yeah, that's a military. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you want it bad, you're going to get it bad. <laughs> so, you know, if this is an important part of your life, you really should <laughs> sit down and figure things out. And if you need help, then that's the value of the advisor. Because it's not just about investments, it's about all these other money decisions. Yep, exactly. So. We're talking about why you should plan for retirement with a sense of urgency. Here's a situation that can be planned for in advance, Janine. And yeah, you're gonna urgently plan for it when it happens, but you're putting yourself at risk if you're trying to plan while dealing with the emotional fallout of this. And that's the thing no one likes talking about, but the death of a spouse. But it's gonna happen to one of the two of you in most cases. You gotta That's have a right. plan in place for it. Yep, and it's really interesting. A lot of people still don't wanna go there. They don't wanna think about that. Insurance obviously is something that should be on the books unless you've got a substantial amount of savings because the spouse, especially if it's the non-working spouse or the less earning spouse, is going to be impacted by an early death. There's no way around it. And so if you really aren't looking at what those numbers are and what the cost of living is gonna be, you know, let's say you die at 55, Somebody I know that just happened, the person died at 52. So if you don't have substantial amount of insurance or if you don't have the savings, if the wife is not working, I'm just gonna assume it's the men who die usually earlier, not always, but <laughs> you know, you're going into this emotional spiral because you've lost a loved one and it's overwhelming. Everyone that's gone through this that I know, it's extremely overwhelming because the emotions overtake everything else. And so if you don't have a plan that's at least conceptually mapped out, you're leaving somebody in the lurch. Yeah, and it's just gonna lead to more and more problems down the line. And it's harder to make the right decisions when you're also dealing with the emotional fallout of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Last but not least, Janine, the thing that's gonna cause everybody to start to plan for retirement with a sense of urgency, maybe any day, who knows when this will happen. <laughs> We've talked about this many times before, but a market crash, that's gonna cause people to take some action. I'm sure you saw a lot of that in the wake of the 2008 crash, right? Oh yeah, well, you know, so that's why you should understand at least conceptually how your portfolio works. Because if there is a market crash and you're looking at the Dow and the S&P 5, which have crashed, will your portfolio crash as far down? And so for you know the way we build portfolios, it doesn't do that. But if you don't understand that, then you're going to have that emotional, oh my gosh, life is ending as we know it. <laughs> and because everything is, you know, in hindsight viewing and then you have recency bias that affects everything you're thinking about going forward. So yes, 2008 happened, it was a really bad event. And then immediately when the market turned, it was from 2009 to 2013, or I'm sorry, 2013, the market was up like 250%. So the people who panicked because, you know, they didn't have things in place properly and their accounts fell so much, didn't recover that. And for the people who were planning to retire anywhere around 2008, most of them didn't retire because they had to keep working. And then that goes back to a lot of them did lose their jobs because employers couldn't keep them. So a lot of this is connected in that if you don't have at least some type of plan as to what you would do or what would be the next step if one of these things occurred, you're leaving yourself at risk. I wonder if, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I wonder if some folks hear these different things and they go, well, how do you plan 
for a market crash. I mean, you can't control, you, you even say, you can't control when that's going to happen. You say it is going to happen, but you can't control when. So then, you know, how can you really truly plan for that? Or, you know, you don't know what life's going to, I may not lose my spouse for 20 years. How am I supposed to put a plan in place now for how to deal with that? Or the loss of a job? Again, something unpredictable. How can, why would you put in plan, you know, a, a plan to deal with that issue if, you know, it's unlikely or probably not going to happen to me? Or we just don't even know if it will happen or when it's going to happen. There's all these unknowns. How do you plan for these things in your process? Well, that's the challenge. And you really do have to sit down and do some of the math that says, I live on X, I have saved Y. If my Y savings in portfolio and other declines to, you know, Z, can I get the same amount of income off of it? Or am I going to have to extend my work life? Am I making myself marketable if I have to leave this job and go to another? You know, if I have a spouse die, what does that look like? And here's an example. I had a gentleman say to me, and he's got, I don't know, let's say half a million in insurance. Well, they've got a lot of property. So their savings are okay, but not extraordinary. He's the big money man. And I said, so you die tomorrow, she gets the insurance, what happens? And he said, well, she's gonna pay off the mortgage. And I said, great, where's the income coming from? Cause you're the big earner. And he had not even thought about the fact wow. that there was income replacement Yeah. that needed to happen. Otherwise, you're forcing your spouse to get a job, keep working, sell the house, downsize. <laughs> I mean, I've had people actually say, well, I don't want my spouse to be rich. I go, a million dollars is not rich anymore. And if you're talking over 30 years, it only spins off about $45,000 a year to keep that corpus intact. Is that rich? And when you put it in those terms, then they're scratching their heads and going, well, I guess not. So, you know, the question is, what do you want to have happen? Something happens to you. Something happens to your wife. So, you know, something happens to one of your kids and you're co-signed on student loans. <laughs> there are all these ifs, ands, or, you know, buts that happen that can change your life in a heartbeat. So, yes, we can't plan for everything, but you should be doing your numbers. Yeah. It's a great point, Janine, and something we should all be thinking about today. If you have not put together a plan that will deal with a market crash when it comes in the future, that will deal with that rapidly approaching retirement date, or even if it's not rapidly approaching, if you've defined your retirement date but don't have a plan yet in place, that needs to be a little red flag, and you need to start moving with some urgency. If you haven't put in a plan or at least started to think about hey, what would I do if I lost my job here in these last five years of my working life? What am I going to do my first couple years of retirement? Those kinds of questions. Uh, mm -hmm. Let all of those things be red flags. Start planning with a sense of urgency now, and you won't be forced into it when these events happen in your life in the future. And That's right, because when things are broken and you're trying to fix them when they're already broken, it's much harder. Yep. Exactly. If you've got questions about this, Janine's always standing by to answer your questions. You can call her anytime, 443-718-6311 is the number to dial. If you want to come in for a meeting, talk to Gracie when you call in, and she'll get you all set up to have a conversation with Janine that way, 443-718-6311. You can also go online to theaswealthadvisors.com. We'll put a link to that in the description of today's show. 
theuswealthadvisors.com. Get the straight skinny on your financial plan with the Retirement Rescue Toolkit. Learn some of the great things that you need to know about retirement from that toolkit. It's packed with a book, audio CDs, DVDs, and reports, and other goodies. And here's the best part. As a thank you for listening to the podcast, we're making it free. So you can go get the Retirement Rescue Toolkit for free. Again, find the link in the description of today's show or go to theuswealthadvisors.com to order yours. Janine, thanks for all the help on today's show. Enjoyed the conversation with you, and I feel more secure in my financial plan having discussed these things today. See, it worked. See, thanks so much, Walter. It's been great. <laughs> we appreciate it so much. That's Janine Theus. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for taking some time to join us. Hope you'll come back for the next episode. Keep a lookout for it. You'll always find it right here on Your Financial Mission. Your Financial Mission.